This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jeremy Wolf. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 99 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wolf. And today I'd like to welcome to the show Mariana Monheim with Creatively Tutoring. And uh, Mariana is actually uh, a resident in Cooper City. She lives very, very close to where I sit today. So she is, by definition, a good neighbor, I'd like to say. Uh, Mariana, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yes, thank you for having me. Excited. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And thanks always to our listeners for tuning in to learn more about our great community and the businesses that serve us. So Mariana, we're going, you know, I got two kids, nine and 11. School is on the horizon, as they say. Uh, daughter going to Pioneer Middle, uh, son going back to Griffin Elementary. Um, interested to get into this today because you, uh, your business creatively tutoring. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, your mission, and then we'll go from there. All right, so Creatively Tutoring Services, K-5 students, um, both locally and I do online tutoring through Zoom, um, and it's for any student. So you have students who need intervention to help get them you know, up to grade level, or you could have students who are, um, they're on grade level, but parents want to make sure like they stay there, or they're meeting the best of their potential. And I also do um, enrichments for students who just maybe need a little bit more than what they're getting from their classroom. How did you get into this business? Did you always have a background um, in education? Tell us a little bit about uh, your journey that led you here. Yeah, so all the way back in 2004, which is like the dark ages now, <laughs> it's like so long ago, um, I took my first teaching job in uh public school in Pompano Beach. I taught first grade. So at that school, I taught um, grades one to four. I spent a lot of time with third and fourth grade, the gifted high achieving students. So that group of kids is always, you know, the ones that have my heart the most. Um, I also looped with kids. So I really got to, you know, know them well, know their families well. And I could see the importance of like having a strong family involvement in your child's education. And then I stayed there for about nine years. And then I moved to a different, a charter school in Pompano Beach. And uh, mostly there I was third and fourth grade, again, with the gifted high achieving students, which is also why I know that those kids sometimes need extra. So I'm happy to provide that, you know, with my tutoring service. Um, so I was in, in the classroom there about, seven years, I believe. And then around 2018, I started instructional coaching. So I knew I wanted to take a different step outside of the classroom. And I like working with teachers and kind of staying on top of best practices and giving them practical advice to improve their classrooms. So at the beginning, that job kind of seemed like a dream to work directly with teachers all the time and kind of get them to, you know, I provided professional development. I was, uh, you know, like a cheerleader if needed. I was a, a person to vent to if needed. Um, but with uh, COVID and just general, um, 
busy work, we'll say the coaching job kind of turns into an administrative job and it turns into a lot of mm -hmm. looking at test scores and data and how are we going to improve these test scores and the district needs this data and that's not where I wanted to go in my career. I was really hoping to service teachers more. And then, you know, with, with COVID and the online schooling, it just became a completely different job. But at the same time, that was not the best time to look for a new job. So I maybe stayed there a little bit longer than I was intending. But I did end up resigning in the year 2021. And I just knew I kind of needed a break from the whole teaching school system. I miss the kids dearly, but I just knew for me, I needed to go on a different path. So I took something that I was doing kind of as a side hustle, which is selling on teacherspayteachers.com, where I sell lessons, plans, resources, activities for teachers. And um, I kind of turned to working on that and building that up as a source of income. And then just about this past year or so, I started missing the kids and, you know, the teaching's always the best part. It's all the other stuff that makes teaching hard. The actual teaching of the kids is fantastic. And I was missing that. So we just launched Creatively Tutoring this year so I could kind of get back in. You know, I make resources for teachers, so I still need to kind of keep an eye on what's going on in the classroom. And I get to have that interaction with kids that I miss and directly teach them without any other nonsense going on. Got it. Now going back to the transition, I think you mentioned around 2018. So from mm -hmm. being in the classroom, right? Teaching with children, was there a moment, like an aha moment that, that you decided that you wanted to make a shift from that? Or was that something that was a gradual transition? Talk a little bit about how you went from being in the classroom with the kids to dealing with teachers and then ultimately where you're at, which you talked about a little bit. So basically as a teacher, you know, the longer you stay at a school, the more responsibilities you tend to take on. And I was working a lot with other teachers in addition to being a classroom teacher. So I was the mentor coordinator. I was a team leader. So I was like the, the go between between admin and the teachers. So I was already doing a lot of that. And it's something that I was passionate about. And I felt, you know, it's necessary to have people that are on teacher side, which is the thing that appeals to me most about, most about the coaching role is that you are on the side of teachers and you're just kind of helping them to be the best they can be. And for me, that, that was where... I wanted to head kind of in my career, just working more with teachers because as one teacher, I can impact, you know, my class that I have in front of me. But if I'm working with teachers, you know, I can have a greater impact within the school, so on and so forth. So just looking to kind of make a bigger impact and also the day-to-day, -day, you know, the grind of teachers, teachers are the real heroes, you know, these teachers that stay in the class, <laughs> 20, 30 years and are able to just, you know, put everything else aside and teach the kids like that's amazing. But it was kind of wearing me out. It was grinding me down. And I knew I needed a shift because it's very it's not a shut your door kind of no matter what's going on in the world, what's going on in your life. You've got to be in front of those kids and you're on you're at level 10 out of 10 all day long. And it just, you know, after a while, it started to wear me down. 
So I looked right. for out of the classroom opportunities. That makes perfect sense because I've never been a teacher in a classroom setting. I, I like I said, I have two children, and it's still it's bewildering to me how you guys do what you do and sit with a class of you know oftentimes 20, 22, 24 kids yes. and 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 hold them in the palm of your hand and and, and treat every one of them uh, like like they're your own, right? I don't know if you have exactly, any. Yes. I don't know if you have any kids of your own, but um. Man, it just the whole parenting thing is uh, <laughs> yeah, quite the no, journey on, on its own. So yeah. <laughs> I stick yeah. to dogs on my own, but I always <laughs> say you know, I love the children between the hours of eight and two. They are they were my sole purpose in life, and then at two o'clock they went home. So I was able to <laughs> kind of get a break. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking as we talk, I'm thinking about my my daughter's fifth grade teacher last year, Miss Brown at Griffin Elementary. And she was such a wonderful person, such a wonderful woman. And you could see when she interacted with us and the kids and the way she talked about the kids, it, it seemed like they were her own children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can imagine how um, emotionally draining and time consuming that could be uh, dealing with that yes, year in, you year know, out. And, you know, they all, every kid in your class has their own story and they have their own things that they go through. And so you're kind of managing a lot of, like you said, emotions in the class. So it is very draining. Yes. Incredibly rewarding, obviously, yes. but also obviously. incredibly draining. And then to say goodbye to kids after you've made these relationships for the year and then possibly never see yeah. them again. And that's also got to be, got to be difficult as well. <laughs> I wanted to ask a question because I think this is the idea of like bringing on a tutor for your children. It's one of those subjects where most parents, you're reluctant to do that, right? You might notice that your your child is maybe struggling, but we, as parents, we have this reaction like, no, they'll be fine. Mm -hmm. They can get by. When's a good time or some good signs to look for that it might be time to seek outside help for your kid? Because my daughter, she she gets straight A's, but my son, he's very sharp. But his mm -hmm. issue is the attention and he just doesn't want to sit down and learn stuff. And I'm in that spot with him. It's like, should I get help or should I just <laughs> let him go through the school system? Speak to me. Tell me what I should do. So, yeah, I have a few of those right now. And a lot of time it really is. They just need a one on one. You know, they, I'm absolutely positive their teacher is telling them the same exact things that I'm telling them. But you know, when you're in a full classroom and you have, you know, not every kid there is excited to learn. And sometimes they're distracting you or just the amount of stimulation that's in that room. Sometimes that information is just not sinking in when you're in like a whole class environment. So having one-on-one -on -one and limiting distractions and really focusing in, like when I take on a new client, I make sure I ask the parents, you know, how do they learn the best? How long can they sit for one time before they get distracted? And then I can kind of build breaks into our sessions and I can find things that they're interested in so that they're motivated to stay on task. Um, I would say too that, you know, when you start school, there's a, as you know, there's a ton of um, assessments that go on. So the earlier you see something on an assessment that is concerning to you, the better it is to start right away. The same thing I would say, you know, in the K to two years, it's crucial to immediately 
even if it's something that, you know, like you're saying, oh, they'll, they'll pick up later. It, it doesn't hurt to consult with someone. And I'm always open to, you know, just have a conversation. You don't have to immediately hire me when we're talking, you know, we can chat and see if it's a good fit for you or not. But it's always, you know, if you even have that little inkling in your head, it makes sense to just contact someone and see what they think. Yeah, it could never hurt to take take advantage of resources that are available and at least explore um, you know possible options. I, I had somebody on also from from the community. I think she lives uh, I think she lives in Flamingo Gardens too. Uh, I, I believe it was Stacy Hoagland. I'm not sure if you know Stacy. But we were talking about uh, I think it was her. Forgive me if I'm mistaken. We were talking about children with on the spectrum autism from an early age and how important it is to address those concerns immediately and, and going back to how parents, they, you're almost in denial, right? You don't want to think anything's wrong with your child. Yeah. Um, so you, you say, no, 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 I'm sure they're fine. Cause I, I I've, I've had that with my mm -hmm. kids throughout their development, they've done things, behavioral things. I say, is that normal? Like, should I check that out? No, they're, and everybody will tell you the family, no, they'll be fine. Especially our older generation parents. Are oh, like, oh, no, oh they'll, no. they'll be good. Yeah. You don't need to check that out, but it could never hurt to yeah. at least make an inquiry. And there's so much information available nowadays. Yeah. It makes sense just to, you know, explore every Avenue. Um, right. And you would see that as a teacher too, you know, we would sometimes suggest, seeking accommodations and people think that that means something is wrong with your child and it's really this is just a tool your child can use to do better but there is like you said that stigma oh, this is something wrong I don't want people to know that there's the my child has to have these accommodations but they're really a good thing you know extra help is a good thing it's a tool not a deficiency I guess yeah makes sense makes sense Sitting here today, looking back through your journey, is there something that comes to mind, a uh, life hardship, a challenge, something, something you struggled with along the way that looking back today, you could say that you're, you're better off for having gone through that experience um, or grateful for, for that experience? Right. So um, I've struggled with anxiety all my life and I didn't necessarily name it as anxiety until, you know, a few years ago. So this kind of goes along with my whole teaching journey. But in 2021, like right after my 40th birthday, I had um, a panic attack that was so severe. I ended up in the ER, thought I was having a heart attack. My heart rate was 166 and it wouldn't go down. And that was just like my body signaling to me, you know, we need to change some things. So basically that whole period, you know, was the roughest thing I've ever been through, you know, that time and the time after of going to doctors and ruling this out and ruling that out and just kind of learning and making that mind shift that it's not just um, you're trying to get rid of your anxiety because if you're predisposed to it, it's, it's part of you. It's what you have. It's about, managing it. So all like the tools that I've learned through, you know, the past couple of years, they're not only, you know, helping me to live my life successfully, but I'm actually, you know, able to use that both with my 
tutoring because unfortunately a lot of kids have anxiety and if you don't have anxiety it's hard for you to see those symptoms in somebody else and you know the same thing with with teachers teaching is a hard job a lot of teachers have you know anxiety they may not realize it but when i'm able to share my story with them they kind of can see that you know it's okay you can have anxiety you can manage your anxiety you can go on and do things i can say a year ago I would never have reached out to you or done this podcast because I would have had this just fear of, you know, not being good enough or what does she know about education, that kind of thing. But through, you know, everything I've learned over the past couple of years, I'm just in such a much better place. And I feel like I can see all the things that I'm doing and they're coming together to form kind of like the life that I was, you know, looking to have a while ago. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I can sympathize. I've suffered from anxiety myself um, for a large part of my life. And 100%, a couple of things you said that, that really resonated. Well, first is um, the anxiety. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like with anything else, it's how you frame these types of emotions and things that come up. And it, it's your body trying to trying to help you subconsciously. It is, yes. And when you frame it the wrong way and you you direct all your focus to the negative of it, you know, it could it could make you end up in the hospital. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, I've been there too, honestly. So <laughs> um or you could redirect it and and use it to ultimately change your life and channel, um, channel your direction forward. Uh, you know, for me, when I get anxious now and I'm starting to have a panic, I, I like to go for a run. I like uh -huh. to exercise. I'd like to do things to again, rechannel it and redirect it. And then I feel exactly. amazing afterwards. Um, and then the other thing that you said about having had that experience and gone through that gives you a different perspective in terms of when you're dealing with, in your case, children that are feeling mm -hmm. similar feelings. And now you have the toolkit, you have the understanding, you've been through that. So you could empathize with them on a different level than somebody who's never experienced that. Like, well, what's wrong with you? Just suck it up and be, you know, right. be normal, right? Don't, don't worry about that. Yes. But uh, so that's, that's incredibly powerful. And, uh, and I appreciate you opening up and sharing that. Um, most, a lot of people. You know, I, yeah, I think that, it's, right? yeah, it's really important to share because just like you said, a lot of people don't. And it's amazing anytime I do, like how many messages I get, like I'll get, you know, DMs if I share something on social media and it's like, oh my gosh, I feel exactly the same way. Thank you for sharing. I never knew how to, you know, name it or I never knew that's what I was experiencing. So that's why I try to be open about it. It's important to, to be vulnerable and to, and to put yourself out there and, and not worry about the criticism or the, uh, and, and when you truly, when you share your message, like that with an audience, that's the type of thing that resonates because we're all just people and everybody has problems. Right. And the more genuine you are, the more relatable it is. So again, I, I really appreciate you you sharing that. And that's why I love doing, doing this. Uh, it's great to get to know people in the community and learn about their stories and, and their, their, their passions, their struggles, their successes. So all good stuff, Mariana. Why don't you, before we wrap up here, why don't you share with our listeners the one thing that you'd like for them to know about creatively tutoring? So I know that, you know, in Cooper city, we have amazing schools and amazing teachers. So, you know, you're very lucky as a community in that regard, 
but there's you know a lot of things that I can offer and I hope to be seen as a resource or a bridge between the parents and the schools or someone that could be trusted to provide assistance you know from the outside and I have you know opportunities it's not just for me, it's not about just here's some flashcards and we're doing multiplication. It's about getting to know your child's learning style, um, pinpointing exactly what their deficiency is, and then doing the research to figure out how are we going to overcome this based on how your child learns and what type of activities are they going to respond to the best. So if you see me with your child tutoring, we're probably playing a lot of games. There's a lot of movement. There's coloring. So on the surface, it's like, what are, you know, I'm paying for you to help my kid, but this is helping your kid because it's helping them learn something in a way that's different than what's going on in the class, because what's going on in the class might not be working, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, um, in the future, I would like to extend kind of out to if we have homeschooling families here to be a resource for them for lesson planning, et cetera, or any type of, you know, learning experiences. I'm looking at things like um, story time with crafts. You know, I'm looking really to expand in different directions. So if you're listening and you have an idea and you're like, I don't know if anyone around would be interested in doing that, you know, you can contact me and I'd love to talk to you. How can we reach you? Please share your contact information. How can we learn more? Okay. So I have my website set up is very bare bones right now. So bear with me. I'm adding to it as I go. Um, Creativelytutoring.com. And then my Instagram is at creativelytutoring. And my email and everything is all there. All right. And we'll, of course, link in the description below to all of your contact information. Mariana, thank you for joining us today. It was a pleasure getting a chance to learn more about you and, your, and, and what you're doing for our community. So thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Our pleasure. And as always, thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast, Cooper City. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to gnpcoopercity.com. That's gnpcoopercity.com or call 954-231-3170.